0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Worldwide Series. This is a series all about our fans. I'm convinced we have the best fans in the world. So I wanted to give our fans all over the world a platform where they can speak their minds and you, the listeners, can hear some opinions and viewpoints that are different from my own. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you so, so much for listening. We're heading to Australia for today's episode. He is a trainer and a football coach, as well as a frequent member on Football Worldwide. Armando, welcome to Forza Napoli.
1: How are you, Joe? Thanks for having me. And um, I want to wish a great day to all our listeners.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. So we're going to review our 3-0 win over Bologna on Thursday. We're also going to quickly preview our match against Lernitana on Sunday. But as always, we always start these episodes with our guest stories. So Amo, how did you become an Apple fan?
1: All right. Um, I'm Napoletano, born in Napoli in 1975. My mom was pregnant of me when my dad took her on the soccer pitch and put the grass on her belly and said, that's it, you're going to be a Napoli supporter. When you're born in Napoli, you don't choose. You are Napoletano. It's part of, you know, it's on your ID card. That's why the people that are from Napoli, for some reason, they don't go for Napoli. We don't call them true Napoletani. We call them Napoleni, you know. So I did not choose. Napoli Choose me. And all my memory with my dad were pretty much. I used to live in Socavo, which is where uh, near the Campo Paradiso, where Napoli used to training. So all my memory are there. Uh, my first memory is when I met uh, Savoldi. You know, I was a little kid wearing Savoldi top, and I loved it. Then uh, I have a slowly memory with Rudy Kroll, and then from that moment on, was you know, Campo Paradiso was my second home. Living a five minutes walking distance from there, my dad used to take me to Stadio San Paolo every Sunday. Even when Napoli was playing away, we had, used to have uh, the Campagna play home at São Paulo. one stage, they almost made it to Serie A. They were in Serie B, and I remember spending every Sunday, home and away game at the stadium São Paulo. So, pretty much in my family, you have to be tifoso del Napoli. Otherwise, you're not part of the family. I don't know anyone in my family that does not support Napoli. We don't have anyone. Even the women, the non, you know, everybody go for Napoli. It's, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a pretty common. It's like a, it's like the struffoli a natale. It's a tradition. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, everyone I've spoken to that's from Napoli, you get that exact same story. That's pretty consistent. You mentioned Campo Paradiso. I heard uh, certainly by today's training standards, it probably wasn't exactly the the most top of the line facility.
1: Oh, listen, for me, I mean the kids grew up in Socavo on the street. You know, it, it was the Paradiso. It was heaven anyway. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I had the luxury to be a Napoli ball boy for a few years. Oh. I had the luxury to yeah to play for Napoli. I was on the on the academy first, then I make into the team, and I'll never forget you know those days spent there on the side pitch looking at those player training. And of course, my best memory around Maradona because I used to be the right age when Maradona was there. So I was a ball boy. Few games with Maradona. I met Maradona a few times uh, at the. Um, Riva Fiorito, a place where he used to send his wife and the newborn baby for holiday down in Posillipo. I used to be a good friend with Joe Alberti, Jose Alberti's son. So Jose Alberti used to be the first uh, Argentine that welcomed Maradona in Naples. He was his official translator. He had a shop, uh, a pizzeria, a restaurant, bar, cafe. Now, my memory are quite vague because I was a little teenager mm. uh, down in Posillipo and I became a good friend with his son. So many times... We met Maradona, we met uh, Claudia. I remember playing with Janina when she was first born. She was playing. You know, the mother was coming around and all kids went there and try, you know, to meet her. Uh, back then, there was no social media, so it was pretty cool. You know, when you see somebody, you see somebody who's like, wow. Yeah, it's not yeah, something that's well,
0: Even nowadays, I think that would still be a big deal if you have someone with that type of fame that Maradona had. Was there a favorite moment when you were, say, a ball boy? Watching Maradona
1: play, did you? I know? remember, no. When I was a boat boy, I have a memory. Of a boat boy, Tagliatella gave me a big schiaffone behind my head one day. <laughs> during Napoli wetting, and I remember this wetting. I'm pretty sure it was wetting. It was a game. I don't even know if it was Coppa UEFA, Copa, Oefa, Copa Oefa, I can't remember the game. Of, but they had this beautiful, all full of coloured uh, top. So one of the wetting applied took it off and supposed to swap with a Napoli player, but I don't know what happened. I ended up grabbing the shirts and walking away. And Tagliatella gave me a schiaffone and grabbed me and said, what are you doing? Return the shirt to him. You know, like a big brother. It was funny. No, Maradona, with Maradona, I have a, a, a big feeling. because um, Diego was a good friend of my nonno, nonno Armando. My nonno was a big uh, artist in Napoli. He was a famous blacksmith. And used to do a lot of work for the Napoli players. He used to have a little dog called Lola. And Renica, wife used to come and get the dog off my nonno. He used to have the dog, the dog in the shop. And she used to take it to grooming, you know, the dog's love it. all the Napoli. Playa, Maradona used to come and play futso where I grew up in Socavo, tennis uh, sempre, it used to be called the place. So it was always spending time with us kids. You know, it was always with us. They never took distance from He always loved the kids, always loved it. I remember one night in Riva Fiorita, one day, you arrived with an old Fiat 500, I think it was blue or black. Because he didn't want to be recognized. And then me and other kids recognize him. So we run towards the Fiat. And what happened? You open up the door and start pulling a hand and say, Shh, Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Quiet. Don't say that you saw me. But somebody saw so an adult try to pull kids inside the Fiat 500. I thought they was going to stop. So instead <laughs> of keep it quiet, we made a big scene. So 10 oh minutes after, everybody was around the Fiat 500. Or oh, one day, Maradona arrived with this new boat called uh, Dalmanerea, which is the name of the mom and the name of the first daughter. And it was a speedboat, arriving in front of a uh, river Fiorita down in Posillipo. And I, I don't know how many of us, but we all jump in the water, start swimming towards his boat, and try to climb in a Maradona from top of the boat. Say, guys, stay down, it's dangerous, don't do that, you know. I have Maradona tattoo on my right leg, I have Maradona tattoo on my left leg. I have a Maradona signature poster. They say, "Ad Armando con affetto Diego Armando Maradona." So for me, Diego is, was, and always will be another father, another big brother, a family member.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned playing for the youth team. How long did you play? How old were you? Uh, when I played uh, three fighting?
1: years. I played okay. three years. I was not good enough, similar to that. You mm. know, lots of people would come here and say, ah, oh, my injury, my head, blah, blah, blah. You know, thousand of us. My first coach was Luigi Caffarelli. Great wow. memory. The wow. ex Napoli player. He yeah. used to call me Carnevale because I used to have yeah. long hair. I used to be the <laughs> pretty boy. I liked to wear wristband, you know. I like to be clean. I didn't like to be touched. You push me, I get upset. I was (laughs) feeling shit, you know. I was a kind of number 10, kind of pretty boy. I didn't want to get dirty. (laughs) But then you'd start turning 16 and you, life takes turns. Women, party, school. Yeah, That's why many people don't make it. It's just not good enough mentally. and Because technically, you can work hard and you can become a a good player. You're not going to become a Maradona, but you can become a professional player. But the most important part in an athlete is the head, the brain, the mind. And my mind was all about party and fun.
0: Yeah. So you now are a coach and a professional trainer. Yeah. How much of, of
1: that experience growing up, playing as a kid? A lot, learning- Bello, a lot. You could see now they my mind focusing on player, first of all, to me, I never say a kid is not good enough. A lot of coaches, yeah, kids are, oh, these kid is not good enough. No, the coach maybe is not good enough. Because uh a kids can be a developer, technique can be a developer, running technique can be a developer. Uh everything about there's one thing that you cannot coach is the anger, the will, the fact that you get up at five o'clock in the morning, go to training before going to school. That's something you cannot teach. It's very hard to teach. Yeah. If you can teach, I don't know, how you do it. Maybe you have to put somebody through a lot of a uh, hard time in life, you know. But it's not something that you can buy a personal trainer, a coach or a teacher to teach you. It's life. And that's why. No many makers. Even you see, sometimes you say, oh, look, at play is great play, great technique. It doesn't really matter. If you don't get up every morning trying to be the best, kill yourself to be the best, work hard towards your goals, if you think everything going to be given to you, then forget about it. And that's why I'm a big fan of Cristiano Ronaldo. To me, Cristiano Ronaldo is not the most gifted technique player ever. There's so many players better than him, you know. But that guy get up in the morning, 40 years old, and still go to the gym, work, training, football training. it has got a bit of ego, blah, blah, blah. But that comes with the age. Eh? I and mean, We all get older. We all get a bit B a cuckoo. But that's, that's what I try to put in the head of all my clients. It's not me. I show you the tools. I show you the pathway. It's you. You want to train tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. before you going to school? That's a good sign. But if you say no can i do a four o'clock can i do a five after i cannot, i don't want to training at the time oh uh, this is too hard uh today is raining uh today's too hot and then yeah. sorry buddy that's not good enough not you the magnitude i'm
0: not a trainer or a coach or anything but i've always firmly believed that a naturally gifted player who doesn't work hard will never get as far as a player who's maybe not as naturally gifted or technical skillful but will work hard. I feel like that
1: that will get you further. Joe, I have the luxury of being able in the last twenty four months. I join a group called Elite Sports and Medical Center, which is a private uh, place here where you cannot come register as a gym and come. You have to book one of us. Price are very high, but we do most of the elite player, which is the first division, the top league in Australia for football or soccer. that you going over there? We do the national Australian player. I did the women national team player. We did the cricket national team player. We've been training my, Mick, uh, Michael Zarafa, which is an Australian professional boxer, num- number seven in the world for midweights, you know, champions. So he's going to go for the title soon. So I had the luxury to work with these people. And when you see the strengthening, the mindset, the focusing that they put in their training, then you realise it's such professional. All right, you Maradona, it's only one. Messi may be only one. Ronaldinho, you no, know, no. But those players without all the... I call the pyramid. You need the top player, the average player, the bad player, because there is different category. You don't need to become a Serie A player, Serie A captain, number 10 of Napoli, or number 10 of Inter, or number 10 of Milan or Juventus to make it. You can become number three or Pistoiese, and you still don't need to get up in the morning and go work for somebody else, because you will do... You get paid to do what you love, which is playing. And also, I want everybody to remember that when they start playing, none of us start playing when we're kids because we want to buy a Ferrari or because we want to have a house or because we don't want to work. We start playing because we like it. And that's something that I always impose into the kids that remember what you start for. Don't forget, you do this because you like it, first of all. Now, let's try to make these things that you like in a profession. That way, you don't need to work a day anymore in your life. It's happened to me. Four years ago, I became a trainer again. I was running big restaurant with a big ma- state manager for a big company for 10 years, 90, 90 hours a week. I was making lots of money, dressed up with uh, cool watches, expensive shoes, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't happy. Now, during COVID, I managed to launch a business. I'm doing coaching private. I'm collaborating with this gym. I work for a company that is boot camp. I'm the head coach of Real Football Institute, which is an academy linked to Real Madrid in Australia. All this stuff. And I, everybody asks me, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm an employee, because I don't like to call that work. For me, it's no work. But it's great, because now I make more than I used to make before. And I go, Lick, i got time now to sit here on Saturday afternoon chatting with you about Napoli, you know? Amazing.
0: That's the dream. So last that's question before we move on to that's... the Bologna match. How did you end up in Australia?
1: <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's a funny story. My mom's sister lives here. That's the only relatives they have overseas. She was living in California, being California. Now she was in Dubai, or being Dubai. Now we and my wife got married. We decided to come here on honeymoon. We arrived in Australia on 12 December. I think on 22, 23 December they took us to one of these Italian clubs. I don't know if in America it's the same. My here, up to 15, 20 years ago, now they're fading out. They almost die. There used to be Italian clubs, and it used to have the name of the region, like Reggio Calabria Club, Campania Club, Veneto Club. And they took me to this club, I think it was called Freccia Azzurra, celebrating Christmas, where all the Italians used to meet. And I was in a big, this big round table, and there was a guy sitting in front of me, uh, Marco Olivetti, great guy, still love him. And he was complaining that he'd never find a good employee that he can trust. And I was complaining that there was not enough work in Napoli. So somebody at the table goes, guys, both of you stop whinging. Armando, stop working for Marco, problem solved. From that joke, on the 7th of January, end up going work for him. And I like it. We did the sponsor with the immigration, End up working for him for seven years. Wow, that's amazing. So that's That story, I, I do end up in Australia. Awesome.
0: All right, so that'll do for part one. In part two, we'll review the Bologna match. No, we need, no, we need, no. Welcome to part two of the Forza Napoli podcast. So let's talk about the match on Thursday. We won 3-0 on goals from Fabian Ruiz and Lorenzo Insigne, who scored twice from the spot. Um, Amo, let's start with just some general thoughts on Napoli's overall performance. Even though this wasn't our widest margin of victory, we beat Udinese and Sampdoria both 4-0. Would you say that this was our most dominant performance?
1: What I really like about this performance is the fact that Napoli managed to turn into a training and rest. Who people don't understand. People say, oh, we should win 6 0, 7 nil attack. But no, a professional team is the team that manages to rest during the game. And Napoli manages to drop the temper, be in possession of the ball, and rest, breathe, relax. There is no need to go 100 kilometers an hour all the time, especially in a scenario when you play every three days. And you could tell people fear us. Mourinho rested all the plays to face Napoli. You know, that's why they have that big defeat in, in Europa, whatever they call the new league. When they yeah. face us, they had all the rest of play. And still, still, they struggle. So, team will struggle against now. If Napoli keep this form, that's, that's the question mark for all of us. We don't know. Is this the real Napoli? Is this just because we're reaching the peak of the form too soon and we're going to drop it? What I would like to to see and what we are seeing right now is the mentality. The mentality is great. So that's give me be confident that Napoli never seems to be rushing, never seems to be loose control of the game. Even in the first few games at the start when we went down one-nil, Napoli looks very relaxed, knew that eventually the goal was coming. And time against Bologna. You could tell, you know, was coming. What is what is good for Napoli? Now we have different options now. So if they press us very high. That bad luck. We put a ball into space for Ozzy man. And it's at this, he's been destroying every game, even Sunday against Bologna. Sorry, Thursday against Bologna. He did not score. But he puts the insignia one-on-one with the goalkeeper, which sorry Lorenzo, you have to bury those goals. Those goals need to be goal. It's exactly the same play that Sassuolo did against Juventus. Exactly the same play. Lorenzo, you are the number 10 of the Italian national team. You're Napoli Capitano. One-on-one with the goalkeeper. Don't need to do the fancy lob, just burying the ball in the net, especially Neil Down. Then Ozyman got the two penalty. Ozyman almost scored on a headache. So that guy's a machine, set up all the ball. So if they press Sangas us very high and they want to go risking the one-on-one against Oziman or Lozano, Politano, that's a big chance they're going to pay for it. If they sit back and they're holding for us, we got the tiki-taka, the Insigne, you know, the Mertens. And if they try waiting for us in the penalty box now, we go Fabian, we got Zeliski, we go all players they can shoot from outside the penalty box. At the back, we find the perfect match with Ramani and Kulibali. Ramani is a it's one of the best signs we have. Napoli this year is showing up. That my theory about last year, that we didn't have a coach. Otherwise, we'll finish top. I don't see why people think that Inter is better than Napoli. In the last year, won the Scudetto for two reasons. They had a coach, and we didn't have a scotch. And they didn't have any mid-game, mid-week game from January onwards. Why nobody had to play all catch-up rounds, for Champions, whatever you call And so, I would add a third point, that they didn't have as many injuries as we did. Yeah, of course. Because you, you, when you're training a team, I'm a trainer, all right? If I need to train to play a game every week, I know how to train. And in the training component, in a week, you have a recovery day, all right? You have a strengthening and conditioning. You have a preparation game. Then the day of the game, you have to do more training to mobilization and everything. And then repeat. Now, when you play every three days, you have to lose all that. All you do is recover and prepare, recover and prepare. First of all, you cannot train tactically. You cannot do much of that stuff. Second, you put your body through a lot of stress. That's why you see a lot of coaches do substitution on a particular minute because they try to work on the load that they can put on plies legs. So normally they say first game, full game. Second games you can do a full game a little bit. The third game, if we play the first two games, the third game you have to come off after 60 minutes. Anything after the 60 minutes, are getting into injury prone. But that's, that's changing as well. That's changing as well. I, I can see in the future, the game become part of the training. I think uh, personal trainer trainers uh, start to adapt into this. Like in my world, we don't do warm-up anymore. We incorporate the warm-up into exercises. What's the point to waste time when you're going to repeat a a movement? So the warm-up is the the movement that you're going to do for the exercise, but done in a less um, carico, less It you
0: know? Yeah, less lower intensity, maybe. But
1: uh, uh, look, honestly, I'm really impressed with this Now, This Napoli never gave me the sign that we're going to lose the game, never give me the sign that uh, we're losing the plot. Uh, substitution are spot on. And when you watch the name on a um, formation from the bench to the starting 11, you're thinking, yes, we have 22 players. Against Bologna, we send Mertens in, Demme in, Politano in. it um, was the other substitution? There was another substitution. But I've Zim- got a question. Uh, zeliski went in for... Um, I think helps. he
0: took he kind of took Insignia off. He moved. And uh, then we to the good. wing in
1: Zelensky. And, the and then we have Goulam back. All right. Yeah. So I got a question for you: Is any Serie A team where Mertens would sit on the bench? No. Uh, the only one I can think of is maybe Inter. Yeah. Who's gonna play for me, uh, for him? Who's better than Mertens in Inter?
0: Well, I mean, Jack was having a good year. Lautaro, right? Because I, I, I think Spalletti views Mertens as as a nine. So far, yeah. I he, he prefers Elmas and Zelinski in the 10. Yeah. So I'd say maybe Inter, but there's few teams where. where
1: i got a question for you. Lozano, who will sit on the bench in how many teams in Serie A? None. None. All huh? right. Politano, will he sit on the bench in any team in Serie A? None. Kulibali will sit on the bench in any team in Serie A. Zelinski is having a yeah. bad season with us. Would he yep. sit on the bench? No. Demme, Demme, we keep him on the bench. Supposed to be a starting price. Anguissa, supposed to be the replacement. Anguissa yeah. has become the god of Serie A now. Demme is on the bench. The two goalkeepers, you tell me, each one. Ospino Meret. Yeah. I, hey, Teams like Juventus or Inter will pay gold money to have a keeper like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. The only weak points we have, what so far this year adds off to him, is Mario Rui. Yeah, and he's playing well, like you said. man. You know, Mario Rui, the last nine games, it's uh, it's another Mario Rui. And I'm still not convinced that much about Di Lorenzo right back. He does good games, he does bad games, you know. But the two centre-back, Ramami and Koulibaly, will walk in any team in Serie A, any team, any team. So we have the strength to go through. And even survive the African Cup. Everybody is scared about the African Cup. But put this way. The only concern I have is Koulibaly Because Angisa, we have the MA, we have Log Bogta, you know, three or four games. You can if you wanna win a title or you wanna be a contender, you should be able to play three or four games without a player. And,
0: and we Sam- don't exactly have the most difficult schedule for those that month either. Plus, the
1: only our game was Juventus, but they made us like nice present. They put Juventus into the Super Cup final on fifth of January. So Juventus Napoli sixth of January is gonna be moving in February now.
0: I heard they might not do that though. I don't, I haven't checked uh, the last day or two, but I heard they might actually do the following week. So we may still have to play Juve. But even then,
1: but that's I me. Mean, I mean, we it's... gave them a present, or they gave us a present. The first match where well, they... no, really. That's another thing people have wrong. Napoli that game at five yeah. players off for injury. We had five players off for injury. Yeah. Juventus player were no injury. The coach decided not to play them. True. We can't blame the coach. It's nothing to do with international break. Everything. Ospina yeah. arrived on the same plane with Quadrado. Ospina yeah. played. Cuadrado had the day off. Dybala, Allegri decided to put him off. So it's not like something, you know, the Napoli was lucky. The coach decided to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, luck. Going back to the game, I'm happy that Insigne scored those two penalties. I knew it was going to score. You only, if you don't take the penalty, you're going to miss it. Fabian scored a great goal. I'm still thinking that Anguissa is going to be. The best sign we're going to remember in a while. Hopefully, we're going to sign him up forever because it's a great player. Aussie, man, I already wrapped my head around that in two, three years' time, we'll go to PSG or somewhere like that. But it's life. You know, I'm not getting upset. But he's a nice kid. You know, you see every player is on break going to, to party, yacht. Clubs, holiday plays, and then you see Ozzyman on social media and he's back in Nigeria on the street, dust, no shoes, playing with the kids. So it's something to remember. of. We'll go back to what I said before. You want to make it. You're angry. You want to do that. and You don't forget where you come from, you know? So, you touched on a lot of things I want to cover.
0: Let me just come back to Napoli's domination in this match. Normally, I don't look at the stats because I don't think they're always the best indication of but how a game goes. But in this case, I do think the stats tell the story. We had 65% possession, we had 18 shot attempts to Bologna's eight. Bologna had only one shot attempt in the first half, and it was a pretty speculative effort from Dominguez from about 30 yards out that sailed over the bar. They had one shot on target and didn't come until the 85th minute of the match on the Orsolini free kick. We had 12 goal scoring chances to Bologna's five. And to be honest, I think Lega said yeah, I was being pretty generous in even saying that Bologna had five scoring chances because you know their XG in this match was something like 0.2. So if they did have chances, they weren't very good ones, and we completed twice as many passes as they did. So I think uh, that. Tells are you sure?
1: Are you sure you got five? Because um, on Dadzan, uh, I got the Dadzan yeah. one in front of me. It's one. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. I went and to the five. Like
0: five out the, the faults. Maybe they they type it wrong. It could be. I got it from the Lega Serie A, sort of the official match reports, but that's why I said I think the Lega was very generous. Yeah, I can't <laughs> remember if I shot Well, I mean, there was the Musa Barrow one that, that he missed the far post. That's really it. The Orsolini. Yeah, I don't even remember five corners from Bologna. You know, even <laughs> yeah, they like... barely touched the wall, I know. The wind never seemed to be in, that. We were in complete control. I was. I was surprised to see Bologna sitting back as much as they did, especially after they fell behind. And there was a really funny moment where we could hear Sinisa Mihailovic yelling at his team to, to press Koulibaly. And needless to say, you know, we could hear the swearing. <laughs> uh, so he wasn't too happy. He did say after the match, though, that he hopes Napoli win the Scudetto, which was nice of him, I suppose. There were times where I, I wanted to ask you because being a coach, there were times where it looked like, like we had more men on the field than they did I mean I know against Milan they got two red cards but in this match they didn't but you mentioned you know how we lowered the tempo and and the tiki-taka there were times in this match where we seemed to just be passing the ball so easily and they they looked like they were holding their structure pretty well but they couldn't get near the ball was there something you saw from you know being a coach that that helps us understand why that was
1: yeah, it's the fear, Bello, the fear to be beaten. So when, I, when you are a player, when you're, a def, when you're defending, the, what happened? they teach you one thing. You're going to s- slow down the play. You're going to shield. Don't commit unless you're ten percent to win the ball. Try to force him to make a mistakes or to pass the ball. That transformer is play, in a head of a player that is scared to make mistakes. You know what? I'm going to sit here, do my little job. When he passes the ball, my job is done. We're gonna lose today anyway. If I do it, I look bad. We're gonna get trash. and I get the so. In pretty much, I call this safe mode. Uh, they go on safe mode, try to. It's like a boxer. If I go in the ring with Tyson, man, if I go towards Tyson, one notch is gonna knock. So what I gonna do? I'm gonna dance and run around. Oh, I try to survive as long as I can. And I think that's the mentality that some of them kicks in, especially if you watch the way Napoli play. When they come and press us, it gives you headache. If you try to press one on Napoli play and the ball start moving around you, you're gonna give up after a few seconds, you know. So, I think that's what Bologna did. Also, when you're facing a team that comes from eight, nine victory, unbeaten, only goal, the team on the ball, confident boost a lot. But you are even more scared because, well, maybe we lost only two nil. It's not bad. Let's worry about next game. You know what? Let me pretend not to get tired. Let me not get injured because i go Venezia next week. i go Salernitana next week. Team that I can beat. But if I take too much risk against Napoli, I'm gonna get injured. i might pull my muscles. You know, I'm going to get a red card. Uh, and then I'm going to miss the game that we can win. So one thing is from the coach to tell the press. And one thing is what the players had in the head. So second, we don't know what kind of preparation they had during the week. Sorry, not preparation because they didn't have preparation. What kind of... Uh, Game plan ahead. If the game plan were to sit down and hold and try to do a countering attack, and then you are copying a goal, if you didn't have the plan B well and set up, or if you don't have the player for plan B, all you do is keep holding and wait and wait and wait. Because you know, many games. Look, Sassuolo, Ju- to Sassuolo, Juventus was all over them. You have to give credit to Juventus. They were a decent game. All right, respect all the other. Sassuolo, sit down and wait. Who end up winning the game? Sassuolo, two-countering attack, last one on the last second. So a team like Bologna, even one-nil down, they tend to do that kind of football style because they're hoping to do the last-minute last goal. And you can go back last year when we had Gattuso on the bench. How oh, many times we lost a game that we think, oh, Venezia, we attack all day. And They were defending and then end up winning. So the strategy they had. Unfortunately, against this Napoli, this strategy doesn't work because I explained to you. We have playing A, B, and C. We have so many variational ways we can score that's going to become Im- almost impossible. See, when we had Sarri, we only had the tiki taka. They're stopping us. They wait for us. They're blocking us. That's it. We didn't know what to do. We were doing those balls, sorry, ball, boring, not to do. We got Tuso. It was always going back to the goalkeeper. You don't see that stuff. That often with uh, with uh, with Paletti. Paletti we got yeah. two, so every single ball we used to play in a six box here, six yard box, which is a nightmare for me as a coach and as a player. Why you wanna give me a ball in an area that if I sneeze, it's gonna cost me a goal? Why I need to give the other team all this room? It's a chess game. I'm already ahead. Now I go back all the way to my goalkeeper. You only do that to pull them out when they you you in the penalty box. So with Spalletti and with this formation the players allow Spalletti right now to have uh, so many different bullets in his gun. That's a nightmare for any coach that's mm-hmm. going to face us.
0: Yeah, one of the players that Spalletti is really getting the best out of this season is Fabian Ruiz. He opened the scoring in the 18th minute. What did you make of uh,
1: of that shot? Man, that's that's the Fabian that we're expecting, you know. And the way Napoli, as you see, see that goal Lozano gets the ball. When Lozano or Insigne gets the ball on the wide side of the penalty box, let's say in the in the at the corner of the penalty box. Yep. There's two movements. The player on the ball which is Lozano or Insigne makes the run inside and you have the fullback making the overlap. But that pulls one of the right or left back to make a decision, do I go with the fullback or not? Also, you see all the Napoli midfielder start coming like a wave towards you. So what happened is I can, Lozano give it to Elmas, Elmas was stuck, one touch to Fabian. Fabian went to the show, but if Fabian was stuck, the f- next pass would be for Insigne. Insigne was stuck, straight away to the full back, cut the back and, and create a, a, a dangerous position. So it's like Napoli, it looks like a whip, you know, uh, it's like the players move together like a rope, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, coming yeah. an angle, and that's 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 what will take a lot of Fabian. It will take Elmas and it will take Zelisky to score a lot of goal. Even Angissa, he it shoots from outside the penalty box every single week, many times. And he's not somebody that scores all the time. That's the way Naboli plays. They squeeze the defence in the penalty box, uh, allowing a middle fielder to have that two, three-step time to load it up and shoot. And Gisa almost got his goal. He hit the, yeah, uh, Angissa the shot nice. I want him to and score. He deserves to score.
0: I even want Mario Rui to score. To be honest, I feel like he deserves it. He's had a couple of
1: chances. Mario Rui, man, he cracks me. I'm always it's, look. If I need to go to war, or if I need to go to a pub and get drunk, I'll take Mario Rui with me because I know he will start fighting like a little tiger. <laughs> yeah. But I'm scared when he doesn't on the pitch. Sometimes when I, Mario Rui, it's it's good, but when he loses the plot, that he gets upset or somebody gets in his head, he forget that he's a soccer player. He goes around kicking and punching and screaming. So we will see. Maybe Koulibaly managed to calm him down because I noticed that it's a different Mario Rui this year. Very yeah, different.
0: we still see his eyes go wide sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. See, when he has
1: those <laughs> eyes, that's when I don't know, please, Mario, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I can see next tackle going both feet, sliding tackle, breaking people's legs. That's yeah. Mario Rui. Yeah, exactly. But I've got a question for you. Yeah. All the names that were, uh, were linked to Napoli to play left back, including Emerson, did you see them? Yeah, I did. Do you think Emerson would be better than Mario Rui for the way Napoli plays? Not the way he's playing, no, I, no. But I mean, even the way Napoli plays, he's too slow for us.
0: Yeah, I mean that that was noticeable, even especially in this match, how much Mario Rui was getting forward. Right? You yeah. talked about that overlap, and oh. that's one thing him and Insigne do well together. I don't think I think for most Napoli fans, though, the concern was not so much how he plays in the attack. We're not expecting him to score goals, but he gets forward while well, he plays decent crosses into the area. I think most Napoli fans are probably concerned about his mental lapses in the defensive end, right. And, and the mistakes that lead to goals. But I also think, you know, you've mentioned Gattuso a couple of times. I, I feel like Spalletti is setting us up and, and Giza is a big part of it yeah. so that even if Mario Rui does have one of those mental lapses, it's not going to put us, or, you know, he sighed last season before he moved on. It's not going to leave us in a vulnerable position where Right away, the opponent's going to score. We we seem to have better coverage back there.
1: First sure. of all, and also we we keep forgetting how much we miss Albiol until those days that we have Ramami because Manolas has been a big big fluke. Unfortunately, heads off to Napoli market to pick up such so many. So many good players out of nowhere. But when we go for the players that cost big money, we keep failing. We did with Maximovich. It took us three seasons to get him from Torino and end up being a fluke. It, it, it's happened with Inler. I love Inler. You know, I'll take him down to dinner. He's a beautiful guy. He loves Napoli, Napoletani, love him. But realistic, all the effort we went through and the money we spent for him, he's supposed to be an Angisa. He's supposed to be a Zelisky. He's never been like that. And same, same with Manolas. Manolas, I was so happy when we got him from Roma. All uh, right. I was really sad, and I understand why De Laurentiis was really upset with Albiol. De Laurentiis was upset when Albiol decided to go, because he had in plan to have him for one or two more seasons. He knew how important was Albiol. And unfortunately, he decided to go back home, you know. So much he can do. But uh, one thing I would have to say if Napoli can, and I'm not, not expect them to do it because the market, the money, but if Napoli can. Get another striker because we don't respect for Petagna. All right, we have Mertens as a number nine replacement, but for me, Mertens could play right now more for Insigne and um, Zeliski and yeah. um, Lozano. That has a, the way Napoli plays. A number nine can be like him. So, in a dreaming world where the president has got money to spend, I we go to Chelsea and say, you give Ibrahim on loan to Roma, give it to me. I put him as a replacement of Ozime, And I will go get a nice centre-back. You know which one is good? Either the one from Torino that we faced a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of good center back in Serie A. They play for mid-table team that we could have as a, as a replacement on the bench because I think Manolas has to go.
0: I agree with that. I think, you know, thankfully, Rakhman is playing well and Manolas, you know... Not only has he not played the greatest, especially for the price tag, but he's been very injury prone lately as well. So that that's and he's been, been really
1: out. bad when he plays. He's been making me- look at Lenapoli consider only three goals this season. I'm pretty sure one was his fault against Morata, remember. Mm-hmm. And I want to go check the other two if he was the center back or not. Because another thing that you mentioned about Mario Rui when he makes mistakes, we know that uh, open to consider goal anymore. It's also because the rest of the defense is set up properly. Yeah, look, Kulibali can go now. And attack because Ramani at the back, the way he reads the game, that guy is so clean. He's yeah. so good on the ball, never makes a mistakes. His passes are so nice. You see him, he looks like you're probably too young. But to me, I remember, I remember Lauren Blanc. There was another okay. great center back in the Napoli head. Lauren Blanc was like that. You don't see him doing the tackle like Cannavaro. You don't see him doing the things like Maldini. But for some reason, he was always first on the ball. So he didn't need to look good. He was already on the ball. before. He could read the pass before, anticipate that. When he was on the ball, he was playing, simple, easy, without making mistakes. And that's what Ramani reminded me. You know, it's one of those players that you have behind you. You think, OK, I got Rahami, he's covering me. Yeah, I think mentally as well, when they have a man or last that is making all these mistakes, even the middle field, everybody tend to be more concerned, which is normal.
0: Yeah, we saw an example of that. You're absolutely right. You almost don't notice the great plays that Rachmani makes because they're they're not flashy and they're very smooth. There was one play, I think it was in the second half, where Kulibali made a tackle and the ball kind of ricocheted. And,
1: yeah, anyone the, there was a chance for the
0: counter, and Rachmani just came over and he played came the ball over wide. To pass
1: in front of the play, took the ball, and I remember the play, and that those kind of stuff. You think, wow, this guy is good because he make it look like it's all oh, right. Uh, it's like me walking on the street; it's yeah. natural.
0: Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about the penalties. You know, heading into this match or prior to this match, there was some talk about whether Insignia should be taking the penalties or not. He scored both of them quite convincingly. Does that put that discussion to bed? Now we can just rest assured Insignia is going to take our penalties.
1: Listen, first of all, two things. Bologna got two red cards against AC Milan. They were January red card and the two penalty against Napoli January penalty. I feel sorry for Mialovic. He's a great guy. I love him. He had his issues, so it's a big, uh, big motivation of life for me. And he, he wants the Napoli to win. School, But complain about the two penalty and the two red cards against AC Milan. I think it's it's stupid because they they were there. All right, with modern football, those penalty are penalty. After you watch the penalty that Juventus got against Inter, which is penalty, don't get me wrong, it's a penalty. But if they're a penalty, then the other two are a penalty as well. You know, the consistency has to be there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's
0: there. not a question of, I think for people, you may not like the rule, Yeah,
1: but, yeah, but that's, they're applying the rules correctly. So that was good. Now, going back to your question, I think it's beside me and you decide if it, the problem should be put it aside now. Spalletti put it aside straight away after the game that he missed the penalty. He said, Penalty will take it by Insigne, by Lorenzo, by the number 24 and by a captain. So pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And that's yeah. the totally only way you can do it, Bello. You want to dress up the captain' responsibility. You also have accepted he can make mistakes. You have to suck and go back in and do it again. And one thing, Lorenzo, don't open up your foot anymore. Cross the ball all the time. They can't get it. Doesn't matter if they get their sides right. Yeah. If you put a nice and strong in the corner, Lorenzo, Then every time you open up the foot,
0: Yeah, enough of this little Jorginho hesitation thing. I I completely agree. Just hit it hard. Just hit the target and blast it. Exactly. If the keeper makes a save, then good for him. But at least you gave yourself a good chance, right?
1: Don't make it Um, easier for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And credit to Insigne. I think after the match, he spoke to, uh, I think it was Sport Italia. And he said that he's always ready to take them. Yes, he's missed, but he's always ready to take them. There was one story that I feel like this is probably again the media and maybe it's the northern papers that are trying to pull Napoli down a little bit. But there was a little bit of a story that uh, I don't know if you saw this one that OC men didn't seem too thrilled uh, after the second penalty. What did you make of that,
1: Joe? Joe, two weeks ago when Insigne missed the penalty and got subs, he walked out the pitch, kicked the bottle, he was on the bench cranky and the media tried to build up the story. There was no happy at Napoli, there was no happy for the substitution. Then Napoli scored a goal. He jumped and hugged everybody. Like he was not happy with his performance. All right? he was not happy. With it. So media like to create trouble. The problem we have in Napoli, I tell you. If you give me one minute, I will tell you why Napoli is in this war against the media. Before De Laurentiis, Napoli was a free market for everybody. You want my, you want Napoli player in your TV show? Come for free. Any show. So then you start having players linked with Mafia, Camorra, because Napoli is full of local TV and local newspaper, and everybody has got a YouTube or got a video camera. They call themselves journalists. All right. So all these people used to be around Napoli players. All the journalists used to call the pliers. hey, what's the formation? What's the story? What's the thing? Everybody was getting their free ticket, their freebie here. Uh, take a picture with the players. Coach used to go to weddings, you know, all this sort of stuff. De Laurenti came. The first thing he said, Napoli. Castelvorturno, build the fence, build the wall, put the guard, sorry, Napoli player on mine. Why do you think he invented the image rights? You know why? Because why? I'm a Napoli player now. When I get the phone call from Salvatore Giovanni Pasqualino of Channel 31 <laughs> that wants me at the show, and I can't say no because I feel bad because the guy must be a bit of my fuel. So now I say, sorry, you're going to talk with the club because my rates are there. If the club leave me, okay. So what happened, Napoli? Cut. All this parasite, and that's include Cazetta dello sport and Correa dello sport because they have the journalists in Napoli. Now you see them with the microphone outside a gate in the cold, in the wind, in the rain. The Laurenti doesn't care, leave them there. And I'm happy if I was for the Laurenti's, I would let Napoli play and only speak through the Napoli YouTube channel. I will create a YouTube channel and say, You guys, all the news about Napoli comes through only my website and my YouTube channel. Anybody else, it's fake. And that's why they always try to attack Napoli. Also, don't forget, we unfortunately, most of our supporters are really, really easy to be manipulated. So our easy way to attack Napoli is destroy Napoli, is destroy the ambient around. Stop believing. stop believing that Insigne doesn't want to stay in Napoli. That Aussie man is already with PSG. That Meret goes because Spina plays. That Aussie man wants to take the penalty. I don't watch none of that stuff. I've been a football player. I'm a coach. Wherever happened on the pitch for 90 minutes, stays on the pitch. You know how many times I told off my coach because he took me off and I want to punch him? The day after we went back friend together. It's part of the game. You should be worried about when you see a play coming off the field after a performance that was not so good with a big smile on his face. That tells you that the guy doesn't want. I want those men to be upset because he not, did not score. I want Insigne to be upset because he missed the penalty. That's the mentality that's going to make us win and score again the week after. So, I don't read newspaper. Yeah, And also, it's only copy and paste. No one was on the pitch. You know, I love when they said, ah, oh, there's been a phone call last night. The Laurentis rang the manager of Insignia and proposed. Jesus, how did you know? You were there. There was a phone call at three. Yeah. It was a Zoom yeah. meeting, you know. How oh, did you know what they spoke about? I yeah. love it. And you know what's funny? People believe it. They do. People believe it. And then they start, they start protesting or complying or start making opinion about players or clubs. Uh, based on fake news. But this is the word in general. You go to Facebook now, because of the COVID, because of the vaccine, everybody's sharing the news that is tends to give power and weight to their opinion. They don't care about the truth. People don't care about the truth anymore. People care about my opinion and how I can make my opinion be better than your opinion. Doesn't matter if my opinion is wrong. And that's exactly in sports as well. So I stop reading. I watch one website which is Tutto Napoli, because I just read the news. But even mm-hmm. over there, you got on the same page, and it's funny. I take a screenshot sometime I send it to my friends. The same web page says, 11.59, Insigne, will never renew, almost agree with Inter. And then you scroll down, 10.55, Insigne, already seen the, the contract ready to be deposited. You think this <laughs> is on website, four or five news apart. Because you know what they do? They all copy and paste each one. There is no real yeah. journalist. Me yeah. and you could do that. Look, at, I'm not a journalist. I don't know if you're a journalist because you nope. study, but we have this. But imagine we have a million of followers because we become popular. And I come here and say, "Hey, you know what? I know bad facts. So We're going contact that insignia. It doesn't like when Spinks socks. I don't know. People will still believe that kind of stuff because no, we. People do. I speak to Napoli
0: fans every day, and and whenever you see one of these stories, people do start talking about it. Like, oh, did you guys hear? But you're right. Most of the time, it's mostly fabricated. I completely agree. I I mentioned this on a previous episode, too. I was happy Insignia was upset to be taken off. I was happy Lozano was upset he only played half an hour because that tells you they care. Just like you said, if no one you don't want your players happy to be coming off. I also agree on Osimen. If anything, he was mad at himself. This guy is hungry for goals. And you, you mentioned the chances. He was trying to win headers and score goals. We're winning oh, that, that guy, think
1: I leave for the goal. He, yeah. for, he lived, And I, That's what I want. Imagine how he's going to be against Salernitana now. He knows that he's not going to take penalties. He knows that he's been one game without scoring goal. He's going to go there and destroy Salernitana defense.
0: Yeah, as he should. Last thing before we uh, move on to our Salernitana preview, since you mentioned that, we saw Fauzi Gulam come in at the end of the match. How happy were you to see him get some time and, and to hear that reaction from the
1: crowd every time he touched the ball? Look, I've been waiting for Gulam forever. I'm one of those one. They keep telling everybody, we don't need to buy a left back. We have a left back. Gulam is one of the greatest. Before the injury was great. I think the problem with Gulam is previously cautious, push him, force him. Like now, what Spalletti is doing, it, it gave him time. I got Mario Rui. I got Mailkut. I can put the Loretta oh, Take your time. It's... For somebody that comes from an injury like that, it's a very mental thing. It's how you turn, how you push your legs, are you landing after a jump. It's a mental thing. You're going to make sure that the brain forget the injury and concentrate on the game. The only way to do it is give him little minutes every time, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little more, until he plays 90 minutes and the body already played 10 games slowly. So he knows that he's not going to get injury anymore. It's a mental thing. But I think if probably this is the last year. If Gulam doesn't make it this year because more injury, then yes, we have to change him. But the guy was the best left back in Europe. The day he got injury, we had team yeah. all over the Europe lining up to buy him. You know, and also it's a big investment. You're gonna think about now De Laurentiis, and Napoli. We don't have anybody behind us funding us. That's why also I get upset with Fan when they go De Laurentiis. You have to spend the money. Spend which money? You guys tell me. I wish. Yeah, like I tell you, if Napoli in January buy Mbappe and. Uh, I don't know, Sergio Ramos, eh, and then we can send everybody to Africa to the cup. We're still going to win. But you're going to be realistic, man. This is no PlayStation. That's no FIFA. Napoli needs to produce player, yeah. produce marketing, sell and make money. Everybody complain about the Halloween kit. In the meantime, it's been sold out. And it brought money, it brought attention. We got Amazon as a sponsor. Napoli never, never had such a big sponsor, you know. You've got to get credit to De Laurentiis. He has to run like a businessman. Football, unfortunately, I don't like modern football. But if you will follow me on my private Facebook, you know that I'm a big fan of De Laurentiis, but also I'm a big uh, against modern football. I hate modern football. But we're part of it. So unless we change it, we need to flow with it. And put this way, no offense. I normally pick on my American friends, you know, just because (laughs) I think uh, the American mentality in football... And not all of you guys, but most of you, it's like the Australian mentality. I don't, I don't like it. It's like no relegation, playoff, very sportsmanship. For me, it doesn't work that way. For me, if you down and I can score a goal, i score a goal. If I can put your shirt and the referee doesn't see me, it's good. If you both pass me, I'll make sure that you don't pass me. There's going to be relegation. You know, I'm not really... I don't watch games with my friends that go for other teams because for 90 minutes, I will kill him. But we friends. So... That kind of modern football does not suit me, but we are into, and we need to flow it.
0: No, I agree, and I mean, you look at where this team has come under De Delortis. Yeah, there are things that people don't like. I think sometimes people they want to win so badly that they'd rather be. Owned yeah, but I by got like a question for you,
1: Joe. Yeah, people get upset when Laurentiis are you guys are Napoli? You only had ten years of success with Maradona. Why you want from me now? Oh, he doesn't respect us, man. He's tell us the truth. My dad. My dad, which is almost eight years old now, he probably watched most of Napoli. All right? Most of Napoli. And he only had joy when Maradona was there. My dad saw the Serie B three or four times, you know. All right, we won an Italian cup here and there. We won an English cup. I don't even know what that means. So the guys just tell us the truth. You can't say, oh, we deserve to win because we're Napoli. First of all, even if you're a Real Madrid, you don't deserve to win. But when you say we deserve to win because we Napoli, man, I'll give you two options. Buy the club, spend the money, show us how you win. If you cannot do it, shut up. Because we could have been in worst scenario. Joe, we got a president that is a Napoletano. We could have been, without respect, a Chinese, a Russian, an Arab or an American. With all the respect, these people don't come to Serie A to spend money. They come to invest. They don't care about the history of the club, the heritage of the club, the loyalty of the fans. Look Inter Milan. They changed their logo. Look, uh, 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 I don't know, the, Ameri- the Americani at Roma. They killed Roma. They made sure that the Rossi and Totti were kicked out. They removed everything that was linked to Roma. They are investors. At the end of the financial year, they have to show number to the board. And if the number doesn't say plus, it's going to be questioned that, our entry, at least it's one person, it's him. He makes the decision, he puts the money, he wins, he loses. We don't need to be scared.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of, especially the younger fans, they grew up in a generation where we were playing in the Champions League every single year yeah. and maybe don't have that history of being relegated, going bankrupt and having to rebuild and come back through the lower division. So the expectations are a little bit different.
1: Maybe they have to go through uh, the late 90s, early 2000 uh, video. Read, you know? read the
0: history books. Yeah. Exactly. That'll do for part two. In part three, we'll quickly preview this Slur-Nitana match. Welcome to part three of the Forza Napoli podcast. I want to close the pod with a quick preview of the Slur-Nitana match. Amo, have you had a chance to watch Slur-Nitana play this season?
1: Yeah, I watched a few games because I had to report for the Worldwide podcast.
0: So what are your thoughts on, on them so far this year? Listen,
1: day? I watched the picture that probably everybody watched of the coach getting sick, sitting alone on the bench, on Salerno things, and it was sad. said because I'm a coach and I used to be a player and I know coaches, you know, professional and non. And blaming the coach after he brought them to Serie A, for a season that has been disgusting, simple because the team is not there. The formation is not there. It's a cheap formation. We all know that they don't no want to stay in Serie A because otherwise they have to sell and there is no one to buy Salernitana. They put together a team with loan and cheap liar just to survive the Mercato because we, they don't even know who's the owner, you know, with the low title issues and everything. And then you blame that guy, the coach and sack him. It's disrespectful. At least not in seven, eight games. Wait at least a little bit longer. Because as we could tell, the new coach didn't bring anything. Salernitana doesn't impress me at all. He's got a couple of good players. I like Simi. I'm surprised that he went there. But Simi is the kind of kids you know, we're not talking about, uh, I don't know, Aussie man, you know what I'm trying to say. He's not the guy that can bring the team up together on his own. Now, Evan says, so I don't expect an easy game against Napoli. But uh, those are the games that Napoli needs to continue to go there and trash three, four nil. We have to, you have to, we have to. You want to show the world that you're capable to be a contender. Now we don't win the Scudetto. It's too early to talk about Scudetto. It's a word that we should not use it, not because bad luck, but because we should be fair. After ten games, you cannot talk about Scudetto. You know, unless you got thirty points advantage to everybody else. But we're definitely gonna be a contender for it if things are going this way. And we need to win. Because we are to remember our mind focusing, going back to Champions League. You want to go back to Champions League, you're going to beat those teams. Then you can lose against Inter, Roma, I Mina, mean, like Juventus. That means you're not good enough for the title. You finish top four. But Salernitana, Bologna, those teams, you're going to beat them. Something that Gattuso didn't know how to do
0: it. They come into this match second from bottom of the table, seven points. Only one team's
1: worse than them at the moment, which is Cagliari on six points. They did get which a big surprise, win. Eh? Cagliari formation is a golden formation, and Mazzari is a good coach. Mm-hmm. standing wrong over there.
0: Yeah. Interestingly, Salernitana got a big win over Venezia, which is one of the teams they're fighting with for... Uh, relegation or survival I, the big talk after that match was the Ampadu foul on Ribéry whether or not that should have been a red card but even before the red I thought they were playing pretty well especially in the second half they scored the equalizer before that red card happened Bonazzoli uh, scored a nice goal he's another one of those players that this form has declined a little bit he looked really really good at Sampdoria and then uh, you know what's learning Tana hasn't been that great but before that, they had a, a pretty wild game against Empoli, where Empoli scored three goals in the first thirteen minutes yeah, of the match. Gorgeous, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much over already, but they made it interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's it's a team that you just you simply have to beat. Now, I want to talk about the lineups a little bit because Spalletti did not rotate much for the Bologna match, which suggests that he'll probably rotate
1: for this one. What are you expecting
0: in terms of a, a starting eleven here?
1: Look, to be honest, I saw the way Napoli rested against Bologna as well. Remember, I mentioned. So, I'll be no surprised if we started uh, with the starting 11, which is hard to say starting 11 Napoli because you, you know, now that all the injury reply like a Mertens, a Goulam, a Demme, a Lobbock are back, then which one is the starting 11, you know, which is a great thing. That's why we are where we are right now. You know, if we start keeping going back to the mentality of starting 11 and the rest are reserves... Then we're going to go backwards. We're not going to go forward. So yeah. for me, Spalletti has been proved me week in and week out that he not only knows how to prepare the game, but he actually knows how to read the game and make substitution, something that I love it into a coach. Because anybody can prepare a team for a game. But then things happen. You need to have plan B, C, and D, with something that we missed with Sarri the whole season. It was one way substitution reader. And with Gattuso, it was just emotional. Gattuso, last 10 minutes, you need to score a goal, put all the striker in, remove all the midfielder. No game, you know. With Spalletti, there is always a plan. 4-4-2, four, 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 three, 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 He changed formation during the same game. So I'm not really concerned about the rest. Um, One thing I'm not sure about, I need have time to check before this podcast. Do we have another midweek game, the UEFA Cup? We do, yes. We play uh, the, the
0: return fixture against
1: Legia Warsaw in Poland. So I'm pretty sure that it will rest somebody. If not straight away, maybe second off. Uh, lots of people criticise Spalletti not to, especially in UEFA, they want the starting 11, let's call it to start, score three or four goals, and then substitution. Uh, in a perfect world, be good. If you know that if you play those players, they're going to score goals. But it doesn't work that way. So normally what you're doing, you're starting the rested players, and you hope that you don't need to use the others. And then the games go bad, and then you have to force that 10, 20, 25 minutes on those legs. So I'm pretty sure with Salernitana, we'll do the same. We'll do a bit of turnover, and then if he really needs to save the game, he will put those players in. So I'll be no surprise if Ozymane has a break. But also, with Ozymane, he never takes him off, if you notice, very rarely. Maybe because he's physique. Because once again, we'll go back to the science that we spoke at the start. Each player individual and uh, a difference. You know, they physique. Maybe Ozymane is the kind of physique that can play a game every day and doesn't feel anything. Because he's an athlete. So we will see. Like, so to me, players like Insigne need to rest a little bit. He plays mm-hmm. a lot of games. I would not mind uh, starting with Kulibali and Ramani, but then see if we can play somebody else in the center. I think Manolas is still in injury.
0: Yeah, he on Friday he was just doing therapy and yeah, working so, at the gym, so I so doubt he's well, good. That's a
1: question mark for me. We need a center back. If uh, yeah. Manolas doesn't come back the way he used to be or doesn't come back at all, we need a center back. I'm pretty sure we will see Gulam again. He might start. Mm-hmm. And definitely, I think Demme will start because Anguista yeah. did look a bit
0: needs to rest, I think. He needs to I, rest. That was one of the changes I was expecting as well. And then you can almost guarantee that Politano will start just because Lozano and Politano are so interchangeable. It, they're different styles, but they're both, like you it, said, 1A, 1B.
1: Lozano, you no, know, Exactly. And they have a different plan. But, you know, with Lozano, lots of people does not see. It. I see a very good Lozano is here. Most of Napoli goal come from Lozano setup. Even the ball, the first goal we score, Lozano recovered a ball in the middle of the park. Yep. All right. It's not that flashy like we expected it to be. But like we said before, a player doesn't need to be flashy. He needs to deliver it. If Lozano makes me score a goal every week when he plays with a setup, I don't care if he does a step over or not. The step over is not everything for me. The ball is the, in the net, is what matters.
0: Yeah. And also, we needed him to be a bigger player when Osseman was injured last season. And they have similar qualities, at least in terms of pace, right? So yeah. he has to contribute in different ways now than he did last season because now we have, when we play the long ball, we're not playing it to Lozano now. We're playing it to Osiman, right? I think Insigne will probably still start. We'll see. I mean, that that's another good thing about Lozano. Don't forget, we haven't, on see both you,
1: sides, right? we haven't yeah. seen Onas in a while. I'll be no surprised if Ona starts over Insigne. Yeah, oh, I haven't on the right left team. and Onas on the right. I love that. I don't know if he's fit yet, but I think he's getting close to it. So, I mean, was I'm, he was he injury? I still no. I don't think so. He's been off the injury list for a week or so. Yeah, but he hasn't been on
0: the um, in the on squad. The street, and yeah. for me, you know, like you mentioned, you you slowly integrate people back in. Like Gulam, you play a couple minutes, a couple more, a couple more. So I'm not. I wouldn't expect him honestly. to start,
1: right? But yeah, it would Especially be great because it, he had a very good start. He had a very good did. start.
0: He did. OK, so before we wrap it up, I normally in my previews, I do three keys to the match. But since we're close to out of time, if there was just one thing you had to say that this is the thing Napoli need to do to walk away with three points from this match, what would you say it has to
1: be? Bury the first chance. Don't be pretty. Forget about be pretty on the first chance. Forget about the Tira in Zinia, you know, put the ball in the net. Forget about uh, the next touch, uh, Lozano, just bury it, you know. Those little things that they're still uh, missing. Sometimes they, we we too worry about be pretty. Don't be pretty. Just put the ball in the net. Go two, three goals, and then after you can be as pretty you want. I don't care.
0: Yeah, and then like you mentioned, then that gives us all the flexibility in the world. We can start bring empty the bench, put Juan Jesus on, put Lobotka, on, you know give these guys put I What a game Juan
1: on. Jesus against uh, uh, what's his name the Europa League? Yeah, the- like the game. I'm surprised because I was not a big fan of one yeah.
0: <laughs> No, I don't think too many people were. We almost didn't even count that as a as a yeah, side. Like, like a, a number, thing. yeah, another place. Yeah, exactly. I think we're just about out of time, Amu. But thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me
1: today. No, Joe, tell you, I have no idea how much you made me happy when you sent me the message. Because I'm really proud of my Manapolitan side. So every time somebody around the world asks me, to represent Napoli, talk about Napoli or do something for Napoli, I send a screenshot of the message to all my friends. Look, look, another one. Yes, I did it again. <laughs> so please. And uh, thank you very much for everything. And thank you for everyone that are listening. They managed to listen for the whole hour or so. Sorry if we got a little bit longer, but I love talking about Napoli. And Joe, you know, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: No, oh, the pleasure is all mine and we'll definitely bring you back. I feel like I could talk to you for weeks straight. It's just so great to talk about your passion. It definitely comes through. You can find Ammo on Instagram at Ammo10, nothing is impossible with underscores between all the words. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore D 5 and you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod. I'll be back next week to review this match and to preview our Europa League fixture against Legia Warsaw. But until then I'm Joe Fischetti Forza Napoli Sempre
1: Sempre oh, 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 oh.
0: Tutto il mondo casa mia oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh.